0: welcome to our program the truth will set you free bible prophecy tv radio edition i am vic Batista, along with nathan jones and today we're going to continue our talk in the rapture road as we look at a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of first thessalonians today we'll be in chapter two but before we continue i'm going to ask nathan jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer
1: Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. We just pray that uh, you'll speak through us, Lord, so that we may learn and grow about you. We thank you for all those listening in, Lord. We just pray for a blessing on them. Whatever their unspoken prayer requests are, Lord, that uh, you will hear them and answer us. And we thank you in your precious name.
0: Amen. Amen. Again, you're into our Truth Will Set You For Your Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at First Thessalonians chapter 2, The Rapture Road. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, how are you?
1: Good, brother. How are you?
0: I am doing excellent. Uh, Nice cold weather here in Miami. A change of weather for this week. This is our winter.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you get a little winter.
0: I know. You said it just a little bit. My wife and I were talking about this because we really don't have much of a cold season. So it's actually coming late in February. So we're enjoying it.
1: Oh, well, when you live in a tropical paradise, I guess a little relief
0: of cold isn't so bad. I know, and I know you're fighting a little bit of a cold. You were visiting us in Miami, and we gave you a cold for free.
1: No, no, I, I think I probably picked it up on the plane or when I got back. But uh, yeah, it, it comes with the territory at wintertime,
0: doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, I mean, you sound good. It's great to have you on the program. Uh, we've been having so much fun, Nathan, here uh, making our way through the Word of God in a different format. But, Nate, before we continue, you guys have some wonderful events coming up. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and your contact information at Lamb Lion?
1: Well, Lamb and Lion Ministry this is the Bible prophecy ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that we do that is holding an annual conference. So on Friday, July 15th, we're holding a banquet. And we're having as our special speaker, Dr. David Hawking. And then Saturday only, uh, we have our full conference. And that's Saturday, July 16th. And that's here in the Dallas, Texas area. So if anyone's interested, check out our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. And uh, check out the event, learn about it, and uh, we'd love to have you come. If you can't make it, we will be streaming it live on our website, and folks can watch it on the, the Saturday, July sixteenth.
0: Oh, that is exciting, Nathan. Well, thank you for sharing that, and Nathan, and you also uh, have speaking arrangements uh, 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 as a guest speaker, and you on some radio, other radio stations as well.
1: Yeah, uh, all the evangelists on staff here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, we go uh, speaking at different churches and conferences and study groups, things like that, and uh, we love to do that. We love to bring the gospel to people and share God's prophetic word, and so we do that, brother, in any venue, either in person or like on the radio, or I've even done a few Skype conferences, uh, even one with your church, so <laughs> it's neat that the technology we have, we don't have to travel all over now, we can... We
0: can be beamed in. I like that. Beam him in. Well, Nathan, <laughs> and also you have a bunch of followers on Facebook, and you are able to post there uh, when you're guests at different radios and, and uh, conferences. And that's exciting with social media, right?
1: Oh, it is. Social media is great because it gives us the opportunity to share God's word through our Facebook group. We also have a Facebook page. We have Twitter. Uh, we just recently got on Instagram. Of course, we have Vimeo and YouTube channels. We also have Light Source and his channel Channels. And uh, so there's a lot of online venues that folks can see what all our social networks as well through our website at lambline.com or christianprophecy.org.
0: That is exciting. Well, thank you for sharing all that wonderful information, Nathan, for uh, those that are tuned into the program so that they can grab hold of these incredible... Uh, resources to grow in the lord and in biblical prophecy so that is exciting and you know nathan talking about growing talking about growing i i mean you've been taking us through uh quite a journey here uh you and i together have done a bunch of different programs on different topics and uh we shift gear a little bit in our program last week and we're doing more of a verse to verse um look at uh Uh, uh, First Thessalonians, and can you maybe uh, share with us briefly what we looked at in Chapter 1 of First Thessalonians before we jump into Chapter 2? Maybe someone just tuned in for the first time.
1: Well, certainly. Uh, Before we get in, I I think you brought up an excellent point, is that we've been going through this over a few weeks, and we just started this series, and I I think folks ought to check out your website at twave.tv or twave.org, and they get a whole library of radio programs not just the one we do brother right but you do others as well too
0: right absolutely nathan and we have a lot of fun because we believe that bible prophecy uh it, it's a fun subject matter and we get to also do other programs with other pastors calvary chapel and uh, we started the calvary chapel bible prophecy school of ministry radio edition to develop students to love uh, biblical prophecy
1: well, great. And they can get all those uh, radio and uh, TV episodes too, right? T-Wave.tv, T-Wave.org?
0: Absolutely, Nathan. On both of them, we archive them as well. as uh, And uh, they can also follow us on Facebook at t TV, And we post them there as well. Amazing, isn't it?
1: All the opportunities to... Get God's word out that we have nowadays. Don't just need a pulpit anymore, right? Well,
0: you and I are not two technical geeks, man, and we'll do whatever it <laughs> takes to get the gospel out.
1: <laughs> ah, but you have a pulpit too, right? Captain Chapel Aventura?
0: Absolutely, yes. On Wednesdays, we actually um, are covering now, we're going to, to the Minor Prophets. We finished the Book of Revelation, and uh, uh, we also do Sunday uh, services at 9 a.m. in Spanish and 11 a.m. in English, as we have two ministries. We have The Truth Will Set You Free, which is an outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel Aventura. Ventura. So, absolutely, Nathan. Excellent, brother,
1: excellent. Well, I'm glad you're sitting Bible prophecy, and I'm glad you're bringing me along for the ride, especially First Thessalonians. One of the best books. I, I love how you've labeled this series, uh, "A Rapture Road," because we are on the road to learning the rapture about the rapture, particularly in chapter four, right?
0: Absolutely, and that's what we're making our way through that road, Nathan. So that hopefully individuals could follow along with us and uh, be part of this wonderful journey.
1: Excellent, excellent. Now, I also want to let the viewers know too that our ministry has a television show called "Christ and Prophecy." And Christ and Prophecy does a number of interviews with special guests. And, not next week, but the week after, Pastor Vic Batista will be our special guest on our television show, Christ and Prophecy. broadcast all over the planet, over major stations like TVN, Church Channel, uh, NRB, and of course his channel, Light Source. So, you'll get to see Pastor Vic on television. I'm looking forward to that, man.
0: Oh, Nathan, well, thank you so much for that privileged opportunity. For a second, I thought you were talking about some other Pastor Vic, but that's me.
1: That's you. you. (laughs) Our interview of you will be on. And uh, so folks need to keep an eye out for that. In two weeks, we'll be airing that program with Vic Batista and along with uh, Pastor Andy Woods as
0: well. Oh, that is fantastic. Nathan, well, thank you for sharing the wonderful information with myself and our listeners. We're so excited for that. Excellent.
1: Excellent. So you ready to get into First Thessalonians?
0: We're ready. Chapter 2, if you can open us up, that will be fantastic.
1: Okay, well... Paul was preaching in the church in, of uh, the town of Thessalonica, and uh, he, he was forced to leave and The a number of the Jewish people that didn't accept the gospel got mad. They caused a big brouhaha, and Paul and his companions had to leave. So as he traveled, Paul then wrote a letter back to the little church that he formed there. He was only there uh, probably a few weeks up to a few months, a very short time. So he left all these baby Christians behind, and he answered, very passion you can read in Perspectives. It's a very personal letter, an epistle, in other words, a letter to this baby church trying to encourage them. Here their spiritual father was forced to leave and his heart is just dying to go back to the church. And so that's what this letter is. It's a heartfelt letter from the Apostle Paul. And he begins chapter 2 with, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanliness, nor was it in deceit.
0: Absolutely. Nathan, I, I love this. You know, one of the things that you, you mentioned there that I thought was really um, interesting is how this gospel came. And in verse 2, he mentions suffering Now, today, we don't think that we suffer for the Gospel, or for preaching the Gospel, but there's a lot of suffering today if we really stand boldly for the Lord.
1: Exactly. And it's interesting, too, that, you know, as Paul and his companions got kicked out of Thessalonica, earlier, he's referring back to when they got uh, spitefully treated in Philippi, where they were building the church before we get the book of Philippians today. So, no matter where Paul and his friends went... They only seem to draw more often than not ire from the the people who rejected the message. But what's interesting is then as they were forced to move on, they had to go to another city, and there they brought the gospel. So the church of Bethlehem was blessed for the suffering that Paul and his companions had to endure, because if they didn't endure, they might have got comfortable in the town they were in and not moved on. But because they had to move on, the gospel spread. And brother, you know, as you read throughout the New Testament, especially when the church was first formed in Jerusalem, it was persecution that drove the church members out of Jerusalem Mm. and into all the Roman Empire. And today we see persecution of Christians, and it drives the Christians... Out, but it also gets the message out to places it
0: wouldn't have gone to otherwise. Nathan, that's a very good point, and I notice verse three because one of the things is, you know, when we stand up for what's right and we choose not to use deceit or error, uh, but just to bring the the good news of Jesus Christ. There's going to be opposition, and, and that's what I love about Paul and his team. It was the authenticity of the gospel. Verse three for our exhortation did not come from error. Or cleanliness, nor was it of deceit. One thing that I love about you and Dr. Reagan is that at times I hear you guys um, really standing up for the truths. We have a lot of people out there teaching these false doctrines, and you'll tell it like it is, Nathan, because really the gospel is something that we're not to water down.
1: Well, just like you, brother, and in, in a lot of the Calvary chapels that I know, uh, there's a strong passion to teach the Bible in its pure form without. Uh, Claiming is an error, in other words, teaching false doctrine without deceit, and what he's doing is probably Paul is defending himself from, from those who forced him out of Thessalonica who might have been accusing Paul for being there for personal reasons, like he wanted to get rich, or he wanted right. to teach something false, and and brother, you and I know that there are preachers today out there who really, you kind of wonder if they're even saved, they're out there doing it for themselves, health and wealth, gospel-type preachers, who are preaching the word so they can line their pockets with cash. Mm. And Paul saying, no, no, I had, that was not my intention of coming to you or, or having to leave. Uh, we taught the Bible, the gospel methods, as it was written. And brother, that's how we should do it today. We should never teach the gospel for personal gain. It should always be for God's glory. And for people to get
0: saved you know Nathan that's a very good point point. And, and that's why you know we don't we're not we don't want to uh, put down any ministries uh, in a sense but we find that it's so sad when they're just um, laced with uh, uh, this whole prosperity and get rich and and it seems so many are following those ways but when we see the Apostle Paul when we see Jesus uh, we don't see them uh, driving around in gold-plated uh, donkeys or camels I'm just kidding but right? <laughs>
1: That would be something, a gold-plated camel. <laughs> what a picture. But you're right, man. I mean, look at Jesus. He even said at one point he didn't have a place to lay his head. Right. If it wasn't for some wealthy women who were followers, they even had food. And Paul was the same way. He was sent by various churches, and they would uh, raise mission funds, and they would send him. And when he even got into the town, he made tents. Uh, he didn't, you know, mooch off of the people there or the church, even though... A worker is due his wages, and a preacher is due his his salary, and he could have taken that. But no, he he made tents, and he he sold tents while he was preaching. And and so, again, he wanted the people to know that he wasn't there... To use and abuse them, he's he there just to share the gospel and see their lives change. And as we go through chapter two, the heart of Paul really pulls out about what love he had mm. for these people, and he only known them for a short amount of time too. He has this great love for this church,
0: absolutely. And we're going to see that in the following verses, right there, right, Nate?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yeah, and uh, let me go ahead and, uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to read verses four through nine. He says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tested our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, so as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you from others when we might have made demands as apostles of christ verse 7 but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children so affectionate longing for you we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of god but also our own lives because you had become dear to us for you remember brethren our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to you we preach to you the gospel of God. And that's what you mentioned, right, Nate? The love that we see behind this.
1: now this section especially shows how much the Paul loved these people. And there's a reason for it, because it says God tests our heart. In other words, Paul was accountable to God, and if he mistreated the people, or if he did it for selfish motivations, God knew his heart, and God would be the one he'd have to contend with. And, brother, when we teach the Bible like we're doing now, it's very important that we check our motives at the door because it's very important. God's judging us. He's the one who's testing our hearts for why we're doing what we're doing. And so every believer who shares the gospel, and it should be every believer who shares the gospel, we need to make sure that uh, we remember that we are
0: eternal to God for what we teach. Nathan, and that's a great point. Verse 4 there talks about what we have been approved by God uh, to be entrusted with the gospel. And that's that's the main thing. You and I, we don't seek the approval of anyone except our Lord Jesus Christ in, in in how we proclaim the good news of Jesus. And we don't worry so much about you know people's opinions because we believe the gospel has the power to change people's lives.
1: Exactly. And as verse 5 says, God is witness. <laughs> you know, we're accountable to God in the end of the day. And brother, when it gets time for us to stand before the Lord and be judged for our works, and it's not a judgment of salvation but a judgment of reward, yes. I wanted to make sure that the works I did on this earth for him were pure and blameless, as Paul's saying here, not for my own personal advancement or personal wealth or any of those, uh, but it's for God. And uh, Paul's trying here. Now, I, I get it. Reading between the lines, it almost seems that Paul is being accused of, of going to Thessalonica under false pretenses and then leaving under false pretenses. But that's not the case. He's really making a case here that, hey, God's my witness. I yes. know I did the right thing. And I did it because I love you so much.
0: Mm, excellent point. And you can see that in verse seven, because this is about we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, and you have three children, right, Nathan? And uh, yeah,
1: just like you, and yeah, you 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 take care of them, you love them, you you parent them, you don't uh, leave them to the wind. And I think that's what the, part of Paul's anguish here is that he created this church, and he wasn't able to stay long enough to really help them into spiritual maturity. And so the parent, he's reaching out with a letter like, oh, "I'm so sorry, you know, I I love you, I want to," and we know there's a second Thessalonians so. Paul, Paul eventually must have gotten uh, back there. I'd have to check my missionary charts to see if he made it back there. I believe he did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he made it his intention to get back. Despite persecution, he was going to go back. And, and if I remember correctly, he sent Timothy back, right?
0: Absolutely. And, of course, he had a little team there with individuals. But Timothy was uh, sort of like the right-hand man, in a sense, you know, that was very faithful in in uh, in the work of the Lord. And Paul at one time said hey, he had no one else uh, like Timothy, you know?
1: Right, right. Another thing, too, is when we preach, uh, it's great to be in groups of people, uh, other believers, to help solidify your teaching and cover what you missed and keep you accountable. and, And Paul had that in all his journeys.
0: Absolutely, you know Nathan. I, I really love that verse nine. For you remember, brethren, our labor mm. and toil. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is amazing mm. for laboring night and day mm. that we not we might not be a burden mm. to any of you. We preach to the gospel of God, and, and it's exactly like you were saying, Nate. We mm. see that Paul, in a sense, is kind of mm. like defending himself, you know, and saying, right. and say, hey, we didn't take advantage. We were willing uh, uh, to work, and not only, uh, but we says uh, night end day they toiled.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe Paul burned the midnight oil, making tents, and then preached during the days, or vice versa, but, uh, yeah, they didn't dare just to lie around and and collect food and (laughs) church church picnics and handouts. No, they were there to work, and they worked hard, and I think, again, that's proof of Paul's commitment to the truth of the gospel, is that uh, he proved it by living exemplary among
0: them. Excellent point. You know, Nathan, we've done missions to the Dominican Republic for like the past 12 years, and every time I will go there, I also held a full-time job at the same time that I was doing the ministry. And uh, it was interesting to me, every time we would go to these foreign countries, how many uh, pastors and evangelists out there, uh, they just wanted to be supported. They didn't want to work. And I would say to them, well, what's wrong with getting a job? And they would look at me like, what? A job? <laughs>
1: you know, oh, that's work, right? That's right. Hey, if you're a servant of the Lord, you work day, you work night. There's no time off or anything like that. I think definitely pastors and preachers and evangelists need time to recoup and recharge, obviously, but Paul's making the case here that, hey, you're a worker of the Lord. This is a full-time job at night and day, and look at the results. I mean, we would have the gospel, brother. You and me wouldn't have the gospel. If it wasn't for Paul out there preaching and planting the churches and, and spreading the converts and then eventually the gospel moving west as it did so that we could get one day get the gospel. I mean, wow, we owe our salvation probably all through a string of people all the way back to the work of Paul.
0: Praise the Lord. That's the, What a wonderful reminder, Nathan. That's absolutely right on. And that's why we're so grateful to just teach the unadulterated Word of God uh, to our listeners. So that is fantastic. Have you ever
1: thought that maybe, if you go back in time, as the person who gave you the gospel and the person who gave them the gospel, and you go back 2,000 years, that there might have been one of these uh, converts in Thessalonica that shared the gospel with someone and went up to the chain that led to you? I mean, it blows your mind, right?
0: Well, you know, Nathan, that is so true. And in the same way, when you and I... Share the gospel, and someone gets saved, and then they go forward, and they share the gospel. When we get to heaven, we're going to look back and go, wow, look at all these links, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're all tied together over the centuries.
0: Oh, excellent point. But uh, that's cool. So, so Nate, yeah, if you continue to take us down this uh, wonderful road there, verse 10 and on, this is just uh, amazing. All
1: right. So, Paul says, verse 10, you were witnesses, and God also. How devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave ourselves among you who believe. As you know, how we exhorted and comfort and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you may walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory.
0: Mm. Nathan, I, I love, uh, you know, that that is so cool because um, we're called to walk in the Spirit and be led of the Spirit. And here uh, he, he uses that wonderful phrase in verse 12 that you will walk worthy of of God who called you into his own kingdom. And, and our walk is very important, right Nathan? Sometimes people they look more at our lives than what we say, right?
1: Exactly. Oh you're a pastor. How do you advise people when you're preaching? To walk worthy of the Lord, what things let, let they do then to walk worthy?
0: Well, Nathan, I think one of those things is uh, walking in purity, walking in love, walking in obedience to the Word of God, a- and all these things are, are are walking according to the Word of God and, and obeying His Word. Mm,
1: those are good, good points, good advice, and that's how Paul uh, exemplified, right? He was a living testimony by living what he
0: was preaching. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, Nathan, even today, as we were saying before, so many people, when it comes to biblical prophecy, they are very good at sharing a lot about Bible prophecy and end times, but their own personal lives at times is sad, but they're in shambles, you know?
1: That's true. And it really hurts our witness. Uh, I You say Bible prophecy in particular, I know uh, a number of people that in the Bible prophecy can't be judgmental, they can be very angry, and then when they come across sharing the word, I know their heart is in the right place because they want to see conversion in people's lives, but instead they put off the people because of their anger and judgmentalness. And God told us we shouldn't be judgmental. Yeah. That we should worry about the four by four in our own eye and the <laughs> our brother's eye. And so when we go to people, and, and look at this, what what Paul said, how he walked. He walked devoutly, justly, and blamelessly. They behaved themselves, they exhorted, they comforted, mm. and they charged everyone as a parent. So as we approach non-believers, we, we can't see them as the enemy, even though they are in the enemy's camp. Right? Uh, they're pre christians you know, they're, they're going to be Christian. And so we need to come in love, not judgmental, not angry, not wagging our finger. And I, brother, we saw how Jesus changed the world by bringing love, not judgment. He will bring judgment for those one day Who will never change, and he actually gets them to that a little bit at the very end of this chapter. But for now, how we approach people when we share the gospel is so important that we be Christ like.
0: Mm, Excellent point. It's a very good point. So yeah, Nate, continue to take us through there, verse thirteen. I really just love that walking part of there. You know.
1: Well, the next section is that first thirteen through sixteen. It begins for this reason. We also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God which you heard from us. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as if it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they did not please God and are contrary to all men forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sin, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost.
0: You know, Nathan, I I love verse 16. That's amazing. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles. I mean, we recognize that in Christ there is no division. There shouldn't be anyway, right, Nathan? Salvation is for everyone. Revelation chapter 5 tells us that, that in heaven there's going to be multitude from every tongue, nation, uh, and language. And really, salvation has come for all who would open their hearts to receive it.
1: Exactly. And what's sad is that there's usually two camps of people. There are those who could care less, well, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. And then there's the worst camp. These are the freedom from religious gr- religions group or mm-hmm. atheist a militant atheist group. They're the ones who not only disagree with you, but they try everything they can so you can't share the gospel. And that's what Paul ran into in Philippi, that's what he ran in Thessalonica. Not only did they Not to say, all right, well, Paul's teaching this, who cares? But like, we're going to make sure he never does. And that's what Paul's speaking out against here. People who forbid to speak. And these are the same people. They have the same heart as the Jews and the Romans and all of us and our sin nature did in killing Christ Jesus and the prophets. They forbid the knowledge of God to pass on other people so that they might be saved. And so that's why, brother, every time one of these... Mikey Weinstein, freedom from religious group things, attack the Air Force Academy mm. or some other group. It, it gets me mad because they just can't live in peace and, and religious freedom. They have to shut down the message of God because, brother, they know in their hearts and their consciences that the Word of God does change people's lives, and they don't want to see people's lives change for Christ.
0: Ooh, hallelujah. I'm becoming Baptist right now in Pentecostal. And praise, I, 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 praise the Lord. That is... I'm
1: sorry, it gets me mad. You know, <laughs> we live in a country of religious freedom and plurality where we can all believe what we want to believe, and that's rare in the world. But to have people, especially freedom from religious groups and stuff, who are out there militantly trying to shut down the Word mm. of God because they don't want us to hear, these are the same type of people, the same characters of the people that tried to kill Jesus Christ.
0: Absolutely. No, excellent point. And Nate, that's what we're going to look there in the following verses, 17 through 20, the enemy who's behind these hindrances.
1: Exactly. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus that is coming? For you are our glory and joy.
0: Ooh, Nathan, what an eye-opener. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But man, verse 18 just pops out. The hindrance here oftentimes also comes from Satan himself, right?
1: Whether these people realize they're working for Satan or not, they are. They're Right, the principalities and powers, the spiritual forces that work behind the scenes. And these Freedom From Religions groups and others like it, these militant atheists and these uh, Muslims, ISIS, killing every Christian they can get, they're not maybe mentally thinking, oh, I'm working for Satan, but they are. And Paul saw the spiritual battle behind. He saw that the reaction of the people in Thessalonica against the Gospel was because their master, whether
0: they understood or not, was Satan. Nathan, uh, you, you posted uh, yesterday the salvation, I believe it was, of a, a Muslim there. And uh, and it's really neat to see that God is setting people free. There is a, 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 a satanic warfare out there, blinding the hearts of the people. But behind the scenes, the Holy Spirit is at work. It is,
1: it is. And yet, Paul doesn't, he's not just, uh, dissuaded, he continues to move forward and why? Because he knows that when Jesus comes and he judges Christians based on our works, Yes, our works are the lives of people that we've impacted for Christ. And Paul's saying hey church of Thessalonica you are my joy for when Jesus comes and he says well done good and faithful servant, it's because he ministered to them, he brought them to Christ and now he's ministering to them to help them grow. And brother that's our crown of, of righteousness that's what we wear throughout eternity. Our works represented in a crown is our works that we do in people's lives. And brother, that's why it's so important as Christians. We don't hide from the world. We don't circle the wagons and, and not have any interaction with non-believers. But we get out there and we bring the gospel to them and we minister to them. For they are our
0: crown of righteousness that we will put before the Lord's feet. Woo! And what a way to close chapter 2. Always with that reminder, our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. In other words, Nathan, again, uh, mostly all the chapters there in 1 Thessalonians end with a reminder of the coming of the Lord. And that's why you and I get so excited, right? Because we know the Lord is coming. We win at the end.
1: And, again, it's it's all throughout the Bible we're told Jesus is coming back. As a matter of fact, three times in Revelation 22, he said he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And, brother, we need to be ready for Jesus coming back.
0: Our glory and joy. Praise the Lord. And, Nathan, of course, in closing, would you mind sharing a quick invitation for that person that maybe is tuned in that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord? How they can begin the relationship even right now?
1: Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Accept him as the Son of God. Pray from your heart. Dear Jesus, please, Forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises he will do that. He will forgive you of your sins. He will cleanse you of your guilt. And you will have that hope and joy of knowing Jesus Christ forever in his home
0: in heaven. Woo, praise the Lord. Nathan Jones, I want to thank you so much. What a wonderful way to close chapter 2 for us of 1 Thessalonians. as We have been traveling the rapture road. My bro, I hope you have a great day. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for being part of the program. Thank you, brother. I'm one. Awesome, and I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, just encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming back very, very soon. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.